Thanks for learning. It is powerful to realize that God knows us thoroughly and loves us completely. You know, I think of that, the love chapter, we call it First Corinthians 13. You get near the end of it, verse 12, it says, Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And there's this picture of he knows us fully, and one day we will step completely into his presence. just you know i thought of this uh with judy i find as i get older it seems like i'm getting more emotional i've always been a bit of a sap but i find myself more emotional and uh i'm glad she's home but it doesn't mean i don't miss her right and and a matter of fact i got word yesterday that they're going to have a graveside service in Concord, north carolina where her family is at one o'clock on thursday and we'll try to get word out from, hopefully, in the coming days, we'll have a memorial here as well for her. So, but just continue to remember the family as they go through these things. And it's wonderful to know, though. I love that First Corinthians fifteen twenty six. It says, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Right now, death is like that bully on the block. Death just doesn't know it yet, but he's been defeated. text uh, i'm gonna be all over the place this morning scatterbrained <laughs> but uh, i want to read from philippians chapter 2 first two verses and we'll be bouncing around called this message community but I ask if you stand in our great god's honor philippians 2 uh, let me find the text i'm going to read if you have any encouragement from being united with christ if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we are here because you met us face to face. <laughs> and we're grateful for that. And Father, of course, anyone who's here at, who hasn't had that encounter yet, that's our hope, those of us who know that they too <laughs> may have that. Father, we thank you, and Father, we are grateful for community. Lord, how when we came to you, not alone you're always with us but you've got some sidekicks too and i pray father you speak to our hearts this morning as we continue on and we just want to give you glory so holy spirit um, do that lord bring glory to christ because i know that is your passion and uh, we just want you father to, to work in christ's name we pray Man, we are in a community. In some ways, the world is smaller than it's ever been before. I mean, you know, you get on Facebook and everybody's got hundreds of friends. 
What does that mean? Do we, do we really know these people? Then you get on Twitter and I was reading about that. I know you, they squeeze you into a small space what you want to say. And so they started out, it was 140 characters where, you know, you get to share what's on your mind. Then they had to move it to 280 because evidently it needed more time to listen to the tweet. And what's interesting about it is you got 280 characters. And quite honestly, I hate to be mean, but I don't really necessarily care what you had for breakfast or what you might think about this or that celebrity. And so often, what is being shared, it, it's not very deep. And, and we live in a time, I've got, I know the neighbors that are right around me, but it seems like we're rushing. We get home, we go inside. We may wave, we may say hello, but that's pretty much the extent of it. Uh, our neighbor on one side of us, she teaches at the school where Atticus goes, and uh, we picked Atticus up from school the other day, and she was there, and we talked for a few minutes, and she said, I, I think I've talked to you more as we're meeting for you to pick up Atticus than we've talked as neighbors. And it's so easy for that to happen. But God wants us to have community. He, he wants us to be together. And, and, and Paul is sharing here. He's not sharing just to one person. He's sharing to this church at Ephesus. And he says, hey guys, if Christ has impacted your life, if there's a tenderness, if there's a compassion, if, if you have a heart change inside, then joy, I want your joy, my joy, to be complete by you guys doing this together. By taking the journey together. By being willing to open up together. You see the answer, it is Christ. But Christ works not just to me, but to us. And in us. Matter of fact, I, I thought about, you remember the parable of the sheep? You have the hundred sheep and the shepherd takes off in search of the one. And of course that's important because that sheep is lost and that sheep needs to know the shepherd. And the sheep needs to be restored to the flock. But so often, I'm afraid, within the church you still have the 99 sheep. And 98 of them are close by, and everybody is lonely because they don't know the other sheep. And that is not God's plan in the body of Christ. He wants us to share life together. He wants us to know each other. I love Jeff Nestor likes to tell a story about um, the kid in Sunday school who was listening to the Sunday school teacher, and the Sunday school teacher said, uh, what is small, brown, furry, climbs trees, and eat acorns, eats acorns. And the little boy says, boy, it sounds an awful lot like a squirrel, but I know the answer here is always Jesus. <laughs> and yes, in a sense, at church, the answer is always Jesus, because he is our life, and he is our hope. But it's not a pat answer. It, it's, it's not that, you know, Jesus is a squirrel by any sense of the means. But it is the answer in the sense that that's how we're connected. We're connected through Christ. 
but we're isolated. He, he doesn't want us to be isolated, but it's frightening because in order not to be isolated, we have to become vulnerable. And at one time or another, we've all gotten hurt or we've been wounded. And Christ, he wants to change that. I love the fact that Christ doesn't take what is broken and throws it away. But he's about mending. He's about redemption. He's about restoring. You know, he could have just destroyed the earth and started over again. Certainly not hard for God. But instead, he took the broken, wounded sinner. He sent Christ. And he wants us to know the depth of that love and to love one another. You see, he, he came, he, he, he called us one at a time, but he didn't leave us alone. Guys, we, 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 have, we have each other. And I think about um, interaction, I think about those first group of disciples. What an unlikely band of brothers you had Peter who, you know, man, he was impetuous. He was the kind of guy that would attack hell with a squirt gun. You know, he was, he, poof, you know, passionate. And, and then you had a guy like Philip who was the careful planner. Well, we can't do anything until I have this plan completely written out and we are prepared to know exactly what we're going to do in each step of the endeavor. <laughs> and then you had Simon the Zealot who was ready to go commando on the Roman Empire, and I'm sure it drove him nuts looking over there at a tax collector like Matthew. Lord, how could you call a guy like that? And then I, 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 there's a bunch of fishermen, and fishermen are no-nonsense guys, okay? We got a job to do. We got to do the work. And we don't want to listen to some of you other guys constantly talking about money and politics. So would you just shut up and get to work? You guys talk too much. And yet this was the group of guys that Jesus brought together. It is doubtful if we were putting together a group of leaders to start a worldwide movement we would have chosen these guys. And yet, when Jesus called each one of these, they didn't realize it at the time, but he was calling them not only to follow him, but to do it together. And you see, here's the thing. Each one of us who are at Kingsway Baptist Church, God called us and he brought us here for this segment of time to do this Christian life thing together, to follow Him alone, but also to follow Him from the encouragement of one another. And often He teaches us through what He's teaching you. When I look at you, I see God at work. And He speaks to me through you. And then we had several of these guys we know very little about. We had two guys, Philip and Bartholomew. But it doesn't speak a lot about these guys, but what it does is every time you read one guy's name, you read the other guy's name, which tells me these were like two inseparable guys that did stuff together. Makes me think of where Trace Bratton works. There's these two guys. Um, 
And, man, these guys, I used to play basketball with them at the Y early mornings for probably a decade. And they played together, and then I found out they went on vacation together. They worked together, and, of course, when Trace's dad died, and several of us were able to be at the funeral, there they were together at the funeral. So, so here's a couple of guys. I would dare say they were best friends. Then you had some background guys. <laughs> Simon the Zealot, uh, all we really know is his name. But from that, we know what zealots did. <laughs> they were passionate against Rome and ready to fight. And then you had James the Less, uh, another background guy. I don't know why he was the Less, but he was known as the Less. <laughs> and then you had, of course, Judas Iscariot, the bad apple in the bunch. And the guys, the band of brothers, they had no idea what was going on with Judas Iscariot because remember when Jesus gathered them all together and he said, one of you will betray me. And they're all looking around like, Judas. They didn't understand what Judas was about to do. And the truth of the matter is, why don't we really know about each other? And maybe we have a fear. They found out. I don't want to hang out with them. And yet Jesus died for all of it. That's the cross. He died for all of it. We have to spend time together. We have to, we have to find a way to get, get to know each other. And, and I, I appreciate what Scott had said a couple of weeks ago when he talked about so often, you know, we're, we're like these guys walking around and uh, these big... Uh, it sounds politically incorrect. Sumo, I want to say fat suits, but I'm probably not allowed to say that. And, and bumping into each other. Thanks, Scott. And, you know, not really touching images, but not really being touched by each other. And that's really, you know, the hope uh, of these K groups. And like Scott said, not that you come in and just dump it all at one time. I don't think anybody, <laughs> anybody thinks that's probably a healthy idea. But hopefully just as we get to know each other and as an opportunity to invite people maybe that aren't ready to come to church but can come to the group, that they'll be able to see that we're real because there's a lot of games that goes on out there today and people need to see genuine, authentic people. And if we can come together and just be, begin to hopefully take the mask off or, or see somebody else taking the mask off and, and just be able to really develop community not only Christ but but his love together and one last point with this I want to look at that the interaction eventually led to interdependence you know I got to thinking about these guys it seemed like they had very little in common as a matter of fact like I said they were a band of brothers you thought what are you guys even doing together? If Christ hadn't called you together, you probably couldn't stand to sit in the same room together. But here you are together because Christ called you together. And finally, as you read through the Gospels, as you get near the end of the Gospels, you see something they do have in common. They all deserted him. Turn me to Matthew chapter uh, 26. As we're turning there, I, I think of the words of Jesus Christ that's found in Mark 2.17, where Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners. 
man, this is just so much like us. Uh, Matthew 26, verse 31. <laughs> then Jesus told them, This very night you will fall away on account of me, for it's written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered, but after have risen, I will go ahead of you in Galilee. Here comes Pete, right? Pete jumps right in. Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. What you talking about, Lord? You know me. I'm the guy. I'm the leader. I've been protecting you. I'm here for you. And I, I love that picture in the, in the Chosen all the time where they're showing Peter's making sure. Got to you know, make sure Jesus is okay. You know, like Jesus can't take care of himself. He just made everything. You know, create. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, Peter makes this bold assertion. And Jesus says, I tell you the truth, this very night before the rooster crows, you'll disown me three times. But Peter had to, he had to do it again. Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you, Lord. You can't have this right. Jesus knew Peter better than Peter knew Peter. But, you know, so often we hear this story, we think about Peter. There he goes again. But he wasn't alone. Look at the next part, the last part of verse 30, um, 35. And all the other disciples said the same. And of course, we know what happened. They were at the garden. They came to arrest Jesus. Judas betrayed him. And everybody who said, Lord, I'll never desert you, deserted Christ. They're all broken. Guess what? We're all broken. In some way, all of us struggle with this sin thing. And I, I love, there's some song, I can't remember the song, but there's a line in it. I always think of, it talks about the scandalous love of Christ. I mean, it, it's scandalous that Christ would love us. He knows the dirt. He knows the stuff we try to keep hidden. He knows the stuff that, that we try to make sure nobody else finds out. And He loves us anyway. And He came to die knowing who we are. Knowing our sinfulness. He chose. He chose to come. So anyway, we, we get near the end of the Gospels. Jesus has been crucified. The disciples find out, I don't want to do this thing alone. And so we discover them back together. They're in a room. They're devastated. But they've understood when they ran out alone, they missed, they missed the community that Christ had brought to them, that, that connection that they had. And so they wanted to be together. And, of course, that's our heart desire in, in K-groups is, is, is that, you know, we'll develop a, a camaraderie together and, and to be together. And, and so, anyway, these guys, in their struggle, I love it because we know what happens. The women go up to the tomb to pay tribute to the dead Jesus. But there's a problem. He's not dead. 
Oh, I love that line, don't you? And so they go up there, meet the angel, then they meet Jesus, and Jesus says, now's not the time to just fall and stay worshiping me. I need you to go. I need you to go to the others, and I need you to tell them. And so off they go. They find the disciples who are huddled together. They come to them and they say, Jesus, we went to his grave. He's alive. He talks to us face to face. And, and I want you to hear that this is their response. This is Luke 24, 11. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Man, I can relate to that. God, you just don't know the depth of the problem I have right now. And everything just seems stupid. And I just don't know where you are. I can't see where you are. And then God tries to move. God tries to speak. And I'm thinking, what? I love that, what uh, Thomas was sharing you know, about where the sign is. And, you know, they took out all these trees. It just all works in God's time. So people could actually see the signs that we're going to put up here. And, and God's at work, and, and yet, don't we, we have doubts too. You know, they, they had doubts. They said, this seems like nonsense. I thought sometimes we doubt ourselves. Did I really get saved? I, I don't feel like it. I'm not doing what I should be doing. Sometimes we doubt Christ's love. Has he really, really forgiven me? Really? Or maybe we doubt one another. Will these people really have my back? Will they really accept me if they know the wheels have come off this wagon? It is so hard to be vulnerable. And I think it only comes through the, through the power of God. I wrote... There are times where the Christian life seems absolutely crazy. But the truth is, it's only crazy in the sense that Jesus is real and his forgiveness is finally changing. Jesus is real and his forgiveness is final. And he hung on that cross and he said, It is finished forgiven and we will spend our days until we are in his presence trying to grasp the finality of forgiveness and the depth of the love of Christ won for us at the cross at the cross I, I want to close here with a couple of verses that I think beautifully talk about community it's Galatians 6 1 and 2 brothers if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual, restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. In other words, it's always about restoration. It's always about redemption. I know, look, we all get on our high horses and we look at one another and we think, well, how in the world could he do that? It's just like me and driving 
I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you with driving, but sometimes I'll get out there and there'll be somebody driving and I'll get so mad. How in the world could you have done that? You, I'm not supposed to say it in church. It's not a cuss word, but it's still not good. Atticus would call it a cuss word. So anyway, and then two days later, I do the same thing. You ever have that happen? We're to restore each other gently. God is about redemption. So if someone comes broken, if someone somehow mounts the courage to say, man, this is what has happened to me. We're not to say, I saw it coming. No. And I love one of the reasons he gives here. He says, watch yourselves, or you may be tempted. In other words, you might be the next one in the chair. You might be the next accident <laughs> about to happen. So we need to find a way to always point to the forgiveness of the cross and, and the depth of the love of Christ. And I love this, this picture that is used here when it says to restore gently. The, it's used a couple of places. It's used in the calling of James and John, the fishermen, where it says they were mending their nets. Yeah, try to catch fish with a big hole in the net. It doesn't work. You've you got to mend the net. And so the picture here is that God wants to mend the lives that are broken so that they can be effective in fishing, not just for fish, but for people. And, and, and that happens as people are restored through the redemptive message of Jesus Christ. A second time it's used in the Greek is it's used to describe a broken bone being properly set so that it can heal and be used for its design purpose. You want, you want that bone properly set. And, and, and so the picture here is to be able to come among God's people to find proper healing and to understand that the forgiveness of Jesus Christ is final and that the love of Christ is real and that Christ rose from the grave and we have that hope of resurrection. Man, it's, it's the news of Christ. And there's one other place that it's used. It's used in Ephesians 4.12. That is the verse of Scripture that talks about the equipping of the saints. And I love that because it is a picture here of taking sinners like we are and understanding that through redemption we have been gifted to be part of the purpose and plan of God Almighty. He didn't just save us to sit and sulk. He saved us to be part of His redemptive power and plan. Man, that's good news for all of us. Is it not? And it's used in a word that in the present imperative, which means it's a process that happens over time. Man, we are so often in the process of healing from something we're helping one another heal, and God brings the healing, but He has brought us together to be a part of that process together. And let me close with it. Turn me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Oh dear, I didn't know I'd preach that long. Sorry, guys. There was one church I went to 
in my hometown. They, they had remodeled the church, and they had this huge pulpit. It was beautiful. Right in the middle was a clock. I'm not sure what that meant, but anyway. <laughs> First Corinthians, I'm just kidding, but okay. First Corinthians chapter 1, it's interesting. Paul starts out here, and starting in verse 10, he talks about those in the past who were walking uh, through the wilderness. He, he talks about the visions. He, he talks about what's happened in the past. And then he comes to, uh, I'm sorry, I said chapter 1, I meant chapter 10. So anyway, he, he talks about what has happened in the past. And then he comes down to verse 11. <laughs> he said, these things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. So in other words, this stuff was written down to show you they messed up and not to be blind to their mess-ups. And we can help each other that way too. God doesn't waste failures either, right? And then verse 11 um, They've happened as examples, written down as warnings for us on whom the fulfillment of ages has come. So if you think you are standing full, be careful that you don't fall. In other words, rely on Christ. Each day it's wake up and surrender. Each day it's wake up and preach the gospel to me before I preach it anywhere else. Each day is about Christ. And then that next verse, we all know, no temptation has seized you except what is common to men. God's faithful. Not let you be tempted on what you can bear, but he'll provide you a way out so you can stand up under it. But before you sin, he says, be careful. <laughs> In other words, it's coming. But through community, God will bring healing, and with one another, we'll heal. Let's pray. God, as we think about the healing provided at the cross of Christ, as we think about the healing that occurs through the Holy Spirit and healing that occurs as we get to know each other and take the mask off and, and seek to follow you, God, I pray that you do a mighty work among us, Lord, that others might experience you who aren't even here yet, people who will be saved, people who will see lives that are seeking you and want to be a part of that. And Father, that you will develop more community among us, Lord. That we'll have the joy of the Lord when we see the Lord in each other. Thank you for all that, God. And Father, as we take time to come to an altar and lay our hearts out, or Father, to make decisions that you want us to make, may we just be faithful. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.